I have an idea of perfection. The perfect swing of the club or bat, the perfect form on the free throw line, that perfectly placed spiral football, and especially those perfect grill marks on a high-quality cut of locally sourced prime beef. It takes lots of time to perfect quality, but a quick, simple call or message to Tucker Family Beef can put locally born, raised, fed, and processed beef in your family's freezer so you can practice and perfect those satisfying grill marks. Give Monty Tucker a call at Tucker Family Beef, 580-515-4477. If you build it, he will I throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Tucker Family Beef Wednesday out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. Going to hit some NFL draft. Kuiper and McShay went back and forth, a three-round mock. I've got some questions about it that we can talk about. Did you see ESPN's FPI Top 25 was released? Uh, yeah, I glanced at it, yeah. We'll talk about that. NBA playoffs, home teams last night responded in the ways that we both talked about probably needing to. Now tonight, Memphis and Milwaukee in that same boat. Can they do what the Clip, what the uh, Suns and also the Cavs did last night? Man, Ca- Clips, Suns is good. But gosh, it just makes you think how much better it could be if one person was out there. And that one person may be the difference between Clippers and moving on and not surprised that Draymond was suspended he's been suspended for game three are you surprised is that the right decision we can talk about all of those things with the NBA playoffs spring sports update the Big Elks are district champions yesterday I was at the game and tell you about it now a regional um, will be played here in a couple of weeks who can be here I think I know who's coming I'm not a hundred percent sure but I think I do, reading the tiebreak rules and that kind of thing. So we can talk that. There's some district tournaments starting today. Baseball and slow-pitch softball. Run those down for you. Also, the Western Athletic Conference Boys Golf Tournament is today as well. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. That's 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things. Whatever else might be on your mind, feel free to chime right in at 225 225- Nine six nine eight. If you're going to be outside the listening area, a couple ways to stay in touch with the show. Log on to kadsam.com. Download the app. The app has it all. It's free to download. It's got radio. It's got the Penny News. Brand new edition of the Penny News hit the website last night at midnight. Check it out at thepennynews.com through that app. Also, the Big Boss Man is already on the road. So the print edition of the Penny News will be filtering out this evening as well. By, by this time tomorrow morning, you can go pick up a free copy of that Penny News at your favorite local newsstand. Big Elk and Paragon TV are in there as well when those are on the air. And then, of course, the Skinny on Sports podcast is available to you. Multiple different platforms, basically anywhere you can find a podcast. 
the Skinny on Sports is there. If you miss the show entirely, go back and check us out there at your liege. Good morning, Jared. Good morning. I know we do this every single year on this date, but it's a very important date in the history of the state of Oklahoma in that, what would that be now? 28 years ago, 28. right now, chaos was ensuing in downtown Oklahoma City as the Alfred, Alfred P. Murrah building would have, uh, the bomb went off just a couple of minutes mm. ago. 28 years ago um you know we we kind of rehashed this i know i was in eighth grade getting into a a second hour class and then all of a sudden um i think it was it was coach hottie jackson was the teacher mr uh mr armstrong came down the hallway and told kind of told everybody hey turn on the tv about midway through that you know once once the the local news started getting wind of what was happening you know there's that iconic shot from I think it was Channel 4's chopper as it swings around to the side of the you know the the front of the building and that first look at exactly what this devastation was and it's just one of those days man Uh, I know Elk City had the a band contest was rolling through that area Hmm. just a little bit before it happened if I remember right it kind of gone I think they may have been going to Stillwater and it rolled through uh, there to, to to get up on onto thirty five and then go north and, and and that kind of thing. So they, I mean, but it was it wasn't a, like they were going past or whatever. Well, but it yeah. was you know within an hour, or so it's still a pretty close call for something like that to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a day that uh, you'll always remember if you're from Oklahoma, especially you know you're living in Oklahoma at the time. I was in fifth grade and just an innocent kid had no idea that that evil like that could happen especially i mean you always thought overseas and and you know uh in the middle east and stuff like that but uh, you never thought it would happen in your own backyard essentially and um something that um changes your changes your life for sure you know you always you can you can trace it you can connect it to I know somebody that knew somebody, or even, you know, in some cases, you knew somebody. Uh, fortunately, I didn't know anybody there, but, you know, I had I had an uncle that he was, I remember him telling me the story. He lived, or lives, he still lives in Oklahoma City. Uh, he worked at, on a in an office, you know, on Northwest Expressway. And he said, you tell me when that bomb went off, it sounded like a sonic boom. And he knew, that's not right. Something's not right and and then we know what happened and he i believe he knew somebody not uh who lost their life but was there and injured but it was uh yeah it's um it always makes you think on this day and the uh coincidentally there is a pretty good mini series that has come out that uh, the first episode came out last friday and it just kind of chronicalizes it's called waco aftermath Mm -hmm. and we very well know now that that was the motivation behind that attack and of timothy mcveigh's motivation and um it explores the aftermath of waco and and, um i've been really kind of on the fence if i wanted to watch it but i'm kind of a history buff and especially when it's history of of local uh flair uh, i'm interested in seeing if how they did it and how if they did it right because we're very well aware of the history of it 
And so far, so good. It's a pretty good. It has Michael Shannon in it. He's a great actor. John Leguizamo, um, two of the better known actors. Um, if you have Showtime or Paramount Plus, you could watch this. It's called Waco Aftermath. First episodes are, it's a streaming only thing. First episodes are already done. They come out each Friday. It's interesting. And it'll probably open up some old wounds when you watch it. Because there's already been scenes in the building. Yeah. Because FBI was officed in that building. And they're sitting there just investigating something. And they're kind of on the trail of, wait a minute, something's not, you know, they're kind of on the trail of a bank robber. And I'm not trying to give away anything, but realizing this guy's robbed a lot of banks in the Midwest, but he hasn't spent a dime of it. Where's the money going? And kind of figuring out this money might be funding something. Right. So... It's a very interesting watch if you're a history guy, and uh, but um, today's the day you just kind of have to pause and reflect on everything. But yeah, it's uh, one of those days that we'll always just do that. No doubt. Yeah. And, and if you have not been through the the memorial there in downtown Oklahoma yeah. City, it's a must do. Yeah, and it's I mean it's it's real. There, there's it's 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 real you hear audio coming from across the street at the water resources board right as it as it happens you know and and there's lots of i mean it can be there's a couple of different rooms that it's loud i mean it's loud to go through it well it, because it's, it's trying to put you in that right yeah space of what was happening at the time but it's you know and and i think another thing you, you mentioned 100 percent was just the the initial shock of oh my gosh this can happen in Oklahoma City what I mean because here's the deal kids Oklahoma City was nowhere near as far as the level of of national or international importance at that time that not it is all. now not at all I'm not sure if a lot of the national media that flooded this space realized we had roads and weren't still going around in buggies and, and horses and carriages and stuff. And so, you know, that in the, in the, in the world being able to see, I, I think this was one of the first times that the world was able to see just how Oklahomans yeah, respond. Exactly. Unfortunately, they've had, unfortunately the world's had a bunch of chances to see that with this and then with different tornado events but that that was the kind of the stepping onto center stage of of what Oklahomans really are and the fabric that they're made up of, which was by far the biggest positive in, in anything that happened uh, that 28 years ago today. So uh, we obviously uh, will always stop and, and and remember and and talk about that that day. And yeah, there's a, there's it seems like it's for a long time there wasn't a lot about it out there. You know, it, maybe that's because just a few years later, nine eleven happened, and then everybody wants to do something about, do a show about nine eleven, or a, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But but it does feel like, and maybe maybe current events are starting to help that. I, I I wonder to myself, and this is off the topic, but I wonder to myself to myself with with some of the things we've seen, what the reaction would be if that happened again, like. How quick would conspiracy theories start rolling in that we did it to ourselves because of some of the things that the FBI has been found to be doing, you know, in a lot sure. of spaces? And and are they, you know, 
do they push somebody to do that? I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's yeah, just well, a weird it's, – it'd be a different reaction now than I think it was there, that there, day. There's always going to be a polarizing reaction to it, sure. you know, one way or the other. And, and that series I mentioned, like I said, I was so apprehensive of watching it because of the – you know, that is such a deep thing for me, you know. Um, like I, I will always view Timothy McVeigh as, as pure evil. Pure, he had no consideration of the people that he would affect, the children in a daycare. So yeah. he had no consideration of that. He was motivated blindly, might I add, by by something that happened two years prior. And that thing being Waco was so polarizing too. And there's a good series on that. This is a, basically a sequel series. You mm-hmm. know, Michael Shannon's on that first one and it depicts the events that happened at Waco and all that. And which is with 30 years, which 30 years ago. I mean, we all knew where we were when we saw that building. Yeah, you know? no kidding. But what I took from that, and I, what I appreciate about that series was it didn't lean one way or the other. Mm-hmm. It just gave you the facts. It just said, this is, you know, kind of like a let you decide, you know. And what I took away from it was, damn, there are no winners in this. You know, no winners. FBI's were not win- FBI was not winners. The the Branch Davidians were not winners. The, everyone took, made a lot of bad decisions at, at the wrong time. And that's what the result we got. Um, so, and I, I hope that's what I was kind of scared about was this series was this new one was is it going to portray one side as evil? You know what I mean? Like, don't sympath, don't make Timothy McVeigh a martyr. That's what I was really scared about. And I don't, I don't believe they are. It's it's another approach of this is what happened. You be the judge. You know, but. Um, they are not making him out as this guy that's carrying a flag for something good, and he's not. He he was not. He's a horrible, evil person. So, um, that's why I appreciate that that series. And, and again, that's why I was kind of man. I don't want to bring this, reopen this womb, and then people have that opinion you talked about of, oh, see, did he? Re-, you know that people come up with these conspiracy theories, which is ridiculous. It's, you know with what what happened 28 years ago it's ridiculous we know what happened yeah so but it's a shame i wanted to fly my oklahoma flag today but too dang windy i didn't want to lose it so <laughs> no. i usually do on april 19th i hang my mm-hmm. oklahoma flag but i stopped myself you know I, this is a very important flag to me i don't want to lose this flag so i didn't fly it today no doubt. Yep. Uh, speaking of that, everybody be safe out there. I mean, we're yes. going to be under a we're red flag warning starting at noon, I think. At noon, all the way to 9. To 9 p.m. It's, I was kind of happy. We were supposed to have practice today, and they said, ah, how about we just go to the barn and hit? Yeah, there you go. Get out of the wind. <laughs> it's going to be windy. It's going to be hot, almost uh, maybe even 290 today. So hot and windy and, and uh, just. It's like a pellet grill. It just reminds me of a pellet grill. Like, that, that hot air blowing then. Yeah. It's what. Reminds me of Probably shouldn't use one of those tonight. Uh, no. <laughs> Cook inside. Yeah. Use the oven. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, we definitely honor all those. Yes, uh, of course. What, what 168 uh, folks that lost their lives in downtown Oklahoma City 28 years ago today. Uh, moving on to yesterday, the final of a two-game series between the Elks and Weatherford. Uh, the Big Elks win 5-1, to one, a five-run second inning. Was the only offense, uh, I, I thought, uh, if we're being honest, I, I think that when you watch that game, Weatherford hit the baseball better than the Elks did yesterday, and it probably really wasn't even close. But mm. 
Um, Oak City was able to get the outs when they needed them. That second inning, uh, Chisholm was on the mound, the sophomore for Weatherford. I thought he did a fantastic job uh, after that inning of kind of settling in and keeping the Elks at least within arm's length to be able to uh, try to put something together offensively. I uh, just walks. He hit a guy, uh, you know, a wild pitch, ended up scoring two at the same time. It just, you know, the, it, it, at that point it looked like, oh, boy, this is going to be a five-inning game. But he settled in and really controlled uh, the action on the mound against the Elk City offense that's been swinging it pretty well throughout the season. Uh, but Weatherford just couldn't quite they, – they, there was one inning where I think they had the bases loaded uh, down 5-1. It was the top of the fourth maybe. Uh, and Cooper Church did a great job coaxing a ground ball to first out of that inning. There was another where it was first and second two outs, and he struck out uh, the hitter that time to end the inning. Um, and even the last inning, uh, after after getting two quick outs, Weatherford had two guys on. You know, tying run is on is on deck, and he was able to uh, to, to end the game there. So Church goes the entire way on the mound, giving up a run um, while the Elks score five. So Elk City is the District 4 champions for the second straight season. That means they'll get to host by district. That means they'll get to host regionals uh, here in a couple of weeks. Uh, that'll be the second straight year that the, all those things will have happened. Now let's look forward to okay, who's coming? Who who you, would, you think you've mapped this out? I think I've mapped this okay. out. And and by the way, Jay agrees. He thinks we think the same. <laughs> okay, <laughs> which is pretty crazy that not a hundred percent sure, but. Uh, we think we we think at this moment in time, we know who's coming. If all these teams advance through through the by district round, so the the, the top seeds, mm-hmm. if everybody makes it to the regional, here's who I think it is. It'll be the Elks. It'll be Mount Saint Mary, who is fourth in District One, courtesy of uh, they got the same record as Bethany, but Bethany swept them in district, so that would be the tie break. So Mount Saint Mary. Chickasha. Chickasha is on top of the standings right now, but here we, we learned this yesterday with the tie break and a two team tie, which would it will be in four A two. And the run differential was the same. Chickasha won on on Monday against Blanchard nine five. Blanchard beat Chickasha yesterday six to two. So both games were four run games. And that point, the next tie break is who won the last game. Okay. We learned that yesterday. In the situation where Elk City how many tiebreakers needed there, to like, win? Tiers of tiebreakers are yes, there? Like there's five there, or six of them. There's or? more wow. than just that, but that's where that got to. So I think it's I think it's going to be Mount St. Mary. I think it's Chickasha, and then I think it is Sulphur. Sulphur's third in in District Three. I think they will be coming here as well. So don't hold me to that. Oh, but that's what <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Now Blanchard still has a couple of games left on their district schedule. That's the one, but it's against Class and SAS. Uh, it's w's. Class and SAS is one and eleven in the district. Yeah. So okay. we don't, barring something crazy, that's what I think that regional could look like here in a couple weeks, and that's going to be a tough, tough regional coming out here at Elk City. So well, fortunately, Elk Cities have uh, a lot of confidence if mm-hmm. Blanchard's on their way. Chickasha. Chickasha, uh, that is. I'm sorry. Yeah. Because um, they've beaten Chickasha. So, yeah, they same. play well at home. Elk City's played. Have they lost at home? No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. They lost to Tuttle at home. Oh, my apologies. I thought that was at Tuttle. Can't keep that straight. Yeah, they lost here at Tuttle against Tuttle. Anyways, 
they put themselves in a great position by winning the district. Congratulations to the Big Elks. And, no doubt. And Coach J-Mac. That's no doubt. And I'll tell you another thing. Oh, listen, whoever gets Weatherford, watch out. They're pretty good. Yeah. That's well, a, wait, aren't they good? That's a pretty they're, good team. They're pretty salty. That Coach a, Miller's took over for them, mm-hmm. for Coach Gaunt, and they, they're going to keep it going. I never thought I never thought since Coach Gaunt retired that that was going to go away. It's still Weatherford. They still swing it pretty good. Clinton ends up third in the district. Courtesy of an 8-2 win yesterday at Kingfisher. They dropped the first one 14-12, but they win 8-2. So the same situation there. Actually, it's not. They, they win the, the run differential between the two teams hmm. uh, because they won by six and lost to them by two, lost Kingfisher by two in that two teams. So King, uh, Clinton will be third, Kingfisher fourth, Woodward fifth, Darko sixth, and then Western Heights seventh. So whoever is supposed to get 4A4's eighth team in by district, they'll skip right on to to uh, Regional. regionals, which I, I assume is Tuttle. That would be my assumption that it would be Tuttle because those – I mean, those are – oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I assume it'll be Lone Grove. My bad. District 3 is who's kind of, I think, matched up here. So, Lone Grove maybe get the get an automatic spot into uh, hosting their regional down there in southern Oklahoma. So, that's what happened on the baseball diamond yesterday. Today – Man, I had this pulled up, and then I changed the page. Who's playing it? I know Canute and Cordell, 2 o'clock and 4 o'clock. That's a, Correct. Uh, a, a a baseball district. You've got – is that it kind of around here? I mean, Laverne and Turpin and Boyce City are getting together today. I know Leedy starts tomorrow. We've mentioned that a few times throughout the week. On the slow pitch side of things – Looks like Navajo is going to play today, and then that's it. I, it'll. It's not surprising because it's Wednesday, right? Is anybody shocked by that? That it's not a ton of ton of action today, but tomorrow I think is when everything really ramps up for those slow pitch districts. Yeah, the yeah. Baseball uh, districts yeah. on a Thursday gives you a chance to end it on Friday on the baseball side in case you need to play. You're going to play a game and then maybe another one tomorrow for those three teamers. But uh, Canute Cordell today. Kind of the main show, I think, on the baseball side in the district. Also, Western Athletic Conference Boys Golf Tournament. I bet it's teed off over in Weatherford today. So we'll have some results from that tomorrow. Good luck with that. Yeah, hope for that early tee off. I don't know what the wind's blowing at right now, but it's it's blowing. You know, they're lucky. You know why they're lucky? Hmm. Because the course has changed. Now, number Let's see what it will be today. It'll be number one, two. Number three will be a bear, especially once the wind gets cranking. Par four, this kind of uphill. But used to be number two, the par five along the road. When that, I mean, that when the wind started howling out of the south, there was a bunch of times in college where we you kind of watch. I mean, nobody could get even close to that green in two shots. You'd see shots coming from the fairway, like the third shot. Yeah. And when the wind was really blowing, it was kind of an uphill shot in a lot of ways. And you'd see the ball get to the green, and the wind would be blowing so hard, the ball would go backwards. Oh, ridiculous. Because <laughs> you could see it from the next tee box. Like, oh, oh, that's pretty good. Oh, never mind. It's going to be short because it's blowing. It's literally blowing so hard that the ball mm. starts going backwards. So that that's not going to happen today because they've changed the course due to the uh, lengthening of the runway of the airport. So they don't have to go through uh, trying to play that hole, uh, which is one of the hardest ones that was out there. Uh, back when that was a hole into that strong south wind, and, and I and I promise you, I don't have I don't have uh, 
like data to support what I'm about to say, but I, other than myself being there, there is no windier place in Oklahoma than Prairie West Golf Club in Weatherford. The wind just blows harder there for some reason. I'm trying to rack my brain as to why. I mean, I'm, I always oh, think, I, just, I always start with elevation or just lack of uh, structures or just, just the ramblings just of a crazy man. How it is, or yeah. <laughs> but isn't that how it works? Sometimes you just, as soon as you grab a club, your body immediately starts feeling the wind. You're like, God, it's windy today. Dakota said the wind turbines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. that's why they're there, right? That's why they chose that location at first to put those wind turbines there i actually do think that there was back then when when i was in college i think that there was some some documented things that said that actually said that weatherford was the windiest place in oklahoma at the time and i just assumed they were reading it from prairie west maybe that's where i don't know if there's a mesonet site right there i don't know don't know i don't think the mesonet was a thing that <laughs> that long ago you know, it's funny at my dad's out there uh, at the lake. It always feels like it's windy there. Every time I go to my dad's, go out in his backyard, it's always windy. Yeah. And I just assume that he just sits on a higher elevation. And he has an app on his phone that tells you what the elevation is. And he's like, well, let's just test it. So we, because we were going to go back to my house. Mm-hmm. It was back when we aerated the yards. And so he took note of what the elevation was. We went back to my house. I actually sit higher than he does. Yeah. It's weird, but sometimes it just it seems like even on the calmest days, go to his house, it feels like he might be on some kind of a wind tunnel. I don't know, but it just feels like there's a little bit more of a breeze at his house than anywhere else. Generally speaking, from where we live, the further east you go, the lower you'll be. That's true. Coming off the Rockies. That's I mean, true. Just the way the, the, everything kind of the lay of the land. And it just feels like it, he sits at a higher elevation because he's at the lake, and of course the lake's beneath Down, him. Down. Yeah. It just feels like it's, I guess that's an illusion. Uh, text line, I was in kindergarten, this is back to the uh, the bombing. I was in kindergarten, my dad was tech ed, tech ed teacher at Leedy. They were like 10 to 15 blocks away for the TSA conference at the Cox Center. Wow. A bunch of high school kids, that's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Wow. All right, that's your spring sports update. When we come back, we'll have our, uh, golly, Tucker family beefs of the week. Got one teed up. Got it. Oh, my goodness, it is Wednesday. It is Wednesday. Uh, maybe. I might we'll have see what one. Jared could come up with next right here on the Skinny on Sports. I have an idea of perfection. The perfect swing of the club or bat, the perfect form on the free throw line, that perfectly placed spiral football, and especially those perfect grill marks on a high-quality cut of locally sourced prime beef. It takes lots of time to perfect quality, but a quick, simple call or message to Tucker Family Beef can put locally born, raised, fed, and processed beef in your family's freezer so you can practice and perfect those satisfying grill marks. Give Monty Tucker a call at Tucker Family Beef, 580-515-4477. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. It's a Tucker Family Beef Wednesday. Monty and the gang at Tucker Family Beef. It is locally born, raised, fed, and processed prime beef. 
Now listen, he sent me a text message yesterday. Wanted me to mention for everybody out there. Monty's, there's there's a there's a special stash available right now. Ooh, a special. Special stash, Monty's Prime Reserve. He sent me a picture of a couple of these steaks that are mm. you can see why they're the reserve. I mean the, the marbling look, is off the chart. Yes, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. Uh he said he's got some strips, some T bones. They look awesome and taste better. I can tell you this, they do look awesome if they taste better than they look. Off the charts. Also, uh he's going he's got a ground beef sale at the moment. Dry aged ground beef. A pound up to 20 pounds, it'll be $5.99 a pound. If you want 20 to 75 pounds, he'll knock it down to 5 bucks. And if you want 75 pounds or more, you can get it for $4.75 a pound. You cannot do that at the store. You cannot. And you certainly can't get the quality of beef at the store than you can get from Tucker Family Beef. Also, I asked him about the, uh, the bolt beef. <clears throat> what he's got coming available. He said you can be grill ready with a quarter half or a whole beef by May 25th. We know what that means, Jared. The unofficial start of grilling season. I know some people grill all year long. Yeah. I'm one of those for <laughs> yes, sure. Yes. But if you're kind of more of a summertime griller, the unofficial start of grilling season is Memorial Day. That's right. And you can have the beef in your freezer by Memorial Day. It's Tucker Family Beef. You can check them out at their website, tuckerfamilybeef.com. They've got a Facebook page, Tucker Family Beef, and also give Monty a call, 580-374-5444. It's our friends at Tucker Family Beef. All right, Jared, have you rustled up a I think so. Tucker Family Beef of the Week? I, I think so. Now, it's going to be – now, it's not what you think it's going to be when I say Draymond Green. Oh, No. You got is it does yours relate to Draymond as well? It was going to. Okay. I can it, it, I can listen, pivot. Listen, it's not it's not going to be, I think, what you think I think. It's not gonna be So hear me out. I think you're gonna say exactly what I was going to. Go ahead. Okay, so obviously we know he's suspended. They came out last night and said he gets a one game without pay suspension. Obviously that one game being game three, which is is that tonight? Is that tomorrow night? They give him two days between travel. Who is that? Uh, for I think Golden it's, State. I don't think they play till Friday. Oh, for real? This is that yeah. long? Okay. So, but in the statement from the NBA, it says the suspension was based in part on Green's history of unsportsmanlike acts. No kidding. Yeah. He has a history? Really? Why is it taking the NBA? My beef is with the NBA front office. Adam Silver and everyone up there. Why is it taking them that long? Tomorrow, four twenty. Okay. Thinking, Why tomorrow. is it take take the NBA that long to suspend a guy with a history? We've we've noted it. We noted it yesterday. All of it, way back to Stephen Adams incident. There's been multiple incidents between then and now. I mean, you're not teaching them a lesson. You're not teaching anybody a lesson. It, it, if it. He could, if it's a history, you know about the history of unsportsmanlike acts. 
They should have acted a long time ago, and maybe something like what we just saw wouldn't have had happened. I mean, I'm going back to my I'm the, it's, it's how you parent, right? You stop it before it becomes a real bad thing. You, you okay? Your kid has a bad habit. Stop it. She's doing something wrong. He or she doing something wrong. Yet, yet, hey, no, stop it. You're grounded. No TV for the day. Well, they'll learn from that. Well, this isn't the first time he's been suspended in the playoffs, and he didn't learn from it. He got suspended in the yeah. NBA Finals. I just think that the the quote there, the the suspension on a history of unsportsmanlike acts. Take, okay, I just got a little beef with that little quote right there. And see, I, I okay. mean, that's really that's me with my beef on the fly. So that's all I can back it up with. I've got a beef that he got suspended anyway. I think it's ridiculous that he got suspended and it's there's i'm glad they i'm actually glad they said that because at least everything that you think they went ahead and 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 backed it up and confirmed because what he did the other night is not suspension that that doesn't warrant a suspension but it's everything as a whole that gets him suspended but here's my problem where is the punishment for Sabonis? Have you listen? Everyone is because it's Draymond Green. Everyone immediately is going to take Sabonis' side. Sabonis was acting a punk all night. Think back to the play where Sabonis has the ball. Green blocks a shot. Green gets a rebound, passes it out as he's falling out of bounds, and then Sabonis runs into him, and they call a foul on Draymond Green. Now, the, <laughs> yeah. now, Steve Kerr went and challenged it, and they took the foul away. Like, okay, never mind. But Sabonis ran into him on the play in question. I mean, hear people going, oh, he's trying to cover his head. Bull crap. Look at what, look at what happened on that play. He's underneath. He starts to fall. You know what he does? He tries to pull Clay Thompson down. He did like four dirty things in the same play. <laughs> he tries to pull Clay Thompson to the ground, can't get it done, then falls. Obviously knows it's Draymond, wraps his leg up, won't let go, and they get stepped on the chest, and nothing is going to happen to him. Now listen, I there, there's two parts of this. One, he knows what he's doing, and he knows who he's doing it to, and that's working. Obviously, he got, he got him kicked out and suspended right. all at once. But at the same time, let's not pretend like, oh, little angel Domas Sabonis is such a victim in this. No, he's not. He was the absolute instigator. You know, when you watch hockey, the instigator usually gets in more trouble than who, you know, the guy yeah. that, that comes yeah. back at him. Yeah. But in the NBA, because it's Draymond Green, and he's Sabonis is smart as a fox for doing it. I, I don't. That's what I'm he, I mean, That's he's what I said smart. Yesterday. Yeah, he's smart as a fox for doing it because he knows the reaction that he's going to get from Draymond Green because Draymond Green has that track record, has that history of unsportsmanlike acts. He knows that it's going to work, and that's on Draymond for letting it work. But the fact that I mean, this is amazing how. Domas Sabonis is just getting off scot-free.
I wish I'd uh, remembered it was Wednesday because I think I found a better beef. And how about Steve Kerr? I didn't see it. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. On he's hyper focused on other things, but he can't. He didn't watch the game, Steve. He was probably too busy trying to ride a gun reform bill over right? on the sideline. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is exactly right. If Draymond played in the late '80s, early '90s, he would have been beaten up by the Pistons for hours. That's, that's actually right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that, and that maybe even goes goes to how soft it is right now in the league because we th- everyone thinks of Draymond as this total bad man. He's such a he's such a guy. He's such a bully. Really, Bill Lambeer and Rick Mahorn would have tied him up in a ball and threw him in the trash can. But the truth is, I Draymond- think the malice in the palace was bad. Yeah, it, you know, Bob, Bravo by the way to the Sacramento fans for not. Well, growing stuff. I mean, they were sure booing true. them and, and stuff, but you know, there's a they showed a lot of restraint of not just showering Draymond with beer cans and cups and no doubt. popcorn. You know, kudos and yeah, Draymond's getting his own uh, his own medicine, a dose of his own medicine on the text line. That's right. I mean, he, there's no doubt he is. But it's uh, I mean, and, and maybe this is how how smart Sabonis really is because he knows. Because he's picking on Draymond. It's funny to say picking on Draymond. But anyway, he knows because it's, well, it's Draymond like the bull, Green. The bully is finally getting picked on. That's right. But he, but he, <laughs> and, he know, back. and he actually he knows that he's not going to get in trouble. I mean, he does. You can just tell. I mean, he he is acting a fool. But he's but he's just picking at him and picking at him and picking yeah. at him, just like who? Draymond Green. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just I like mean, Draymond. so that yeah. part of it's funny. To me, that that it's happening to him, everything he's That's, done yeah, for that, all this time that cracks me. Up. But at the yeah. same time, it's like, come on! I mean, well, it's like I said yesterday, geez. it's going to continue to happen. Not just in is there a point during this series, but like for the rest of Draymond's career, people know. Okay, we know how to get you. We know how to get under your skin. And is I've there, seen that everywhere. You see it in, in. I've seen it in high school basketball. Where the reputation of a kid who's a hothead, oh, yeah. and like, oh, let's just let's just uh, let's mess with them. Shoot, dude, we saw it in the in the referees class B boys state championship. The referees game. know it too. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there a point here where Sabonis can actually go over the line and then start to get himself in trouble? Well, um, I mean, this is two well, games here, in a row where he's thing. grabbed his leg. I mean, the first game. Yeah. It, I mean, Draymond had to set on him because he wouldn't let him go. Now, I'm, I'm, I think now, okay. Has this shown enough so, of a light? Yeah, exactly. Because of how, how, how many times have we seen this alone? This replay, you know. In the and obviously, the league looked at it over and over again. They're gonna probably put out memos, or, you know. And the refs, they they're no dummies. They're watching Sports Center. They're on Twitter and they're looking at it too. And they're probably thinking, okay, we gotta keep an eye on this guy because he's gonna be doing this. He's gonna be start instigating. Oh yeah, so I think that line's already been crossed. He can't go back now. He so, can't continue to do it. What do you think happens without in Game Three? You think Savonis is just a little angel? Well, he has nobody to pick on now. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he has nobody to pick on. See, it's just Draymond making me do it. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just that. But I, I just have a little bit of beef. Himself with included. That. Everybody is going to do whatever it takes to. Yeah. They're going to toe that line to try to win a game. No doubt, especially a playoff game. Especially when you're up two to nothing, they got to they could they see a big opportunity here. They they see you know so they're going to toe that line, 
until they're told not to, until they're teed up. Or to, you know, he was teed up, by the way. We know yeah. that. But that's just the nature of any sport, especially at a high level like this. You're going to see guys that do everything possible. Like, okay, you're, you know, it's game seven of the World Series. Base is loaded. You got to get a hit that, you know, the guy's probably going to crowd the plate. <laughs> you know, you want to make the, put the pressure, you know, do everything they can to put the more pressure on the pitcher than it's every sport. But can't I also say that that's what Draymond Green has done all these years? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So he's getting in trouble the, for a but history of it. I think some of it is too, just his actions, like the actions afterwards. The afterwards, the, the podcast did, stuff, the stuff yeah. he's doing off the court, just the, his demonstrative attitude, and people, it's just very unbecoming. And I think that's why everyone kind of relishes in this. Like, finally, this bully is getting bullied. I don't, I don't know that this happens if he doesn't react the way he does. Right. Uh, and of course, they can always fall back on the history of unsportsmanlike. And he was very, un, uh, and I get he's defending himself, but just the way—I mean, I, okay, you can stand up for yourself, but the way he was very unapologetic and, and defensive about it—it's again unbecoming. Yeah. There's other ways of approaching it. I—I just—I think it's amazing that he got suspended. I mean, immediately as soon as the game is over, you had Mike Brown, you had Sabonis in the media petitioning for this to happen and it did it's like wow that just <laughs> when i you know yesterday it came out that you know the league is leaning toward no suspension and i thought well yeah of course they're not going to suspend you for that and i'll be darned if and i'll it, be if, I'll, if they didn't. i was wow. when when the alert came and i saw suspended one game without i was a little shocked i was pretty surprised like, huh, i really was wow they actually they actually pulled the trigger but then when i read the statement I'm like well it's taking you this many instances to now you're not suspending them for that action. You're suspending them for what a history of unsportsmanlike conduct. Yeah, I mean, and what what does that mean? Well, he's you, is, unsportsmanlike is, every damn game. Is this going back? <laughs> I mean, is this retroactively to to kicking Stephen Adams in the jewels a couple times because he didn't really get suspended? And maybe for that. that's why I'm mad because I'm thinking he should have been suspended for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he wouldn't have been there in Game Six, is Clay open all the time, knocking down 11 threes to ruin the Thunder's chances yeah, of a yeah. second Finals appearance? Yeah. All right. Elsewhere, last night uh, you had both Cleveland and Phoenix in pretty well must-win situations. They both got the win. Cleveland blew out New York 107-90. Phoenix got the better of the Clippers 123-109. I want to focus on that second one, though. Phoenix and, and the Clippers, so far to me, has been the the best series, the most competitive series, the the, the one that, not surprisingly, with the, the star power that's out there. And as good as this is, last night I think if you're a Clipper, a Clipper lover, a Clipper fan – I think last night has to concern you a little bit because you got Russell Westbrook playing the best game he's going to play from an offensive standpoint, at least efficient efficiency-wise. He had 28 on 9 of 16 shooting, made 2 of 3 from 3, all 8 of his free throws. Got 28 there, 31 from Kawhi, which that'll happen. But, with way, but Russ's contributions and the efficiency with which he made those and you still lost by 14, it just makes you wish Paul George was out there because it feels like they're just a guy short, and that guy is Paul George. I think he'll be back for this series if you ask me. I saw some workout video yesterday yeah, of that's him what I'm basing this trying, on. To, yeah. trying to 
you know, worked through some things. He looked like he was moving all right. When I heard, where I saw that or heard that, it was around uh, five o'clock our time. I was in the radio and it broke, and I thought his out status might be upgrade to game time or They're probable doubtful or, or doubtful yeah. or something like that. But him moving around like that. Seven games is a long series, and and if it gets, you know, if they go down two uh, one, he might say, oh, "I got to give it a go." Yeah, game four would be Saturday, so they'll play tomorrow in L.A., and then game four would be Saturday. So, and and that may, that may be it. As long as they, you know, if they can win game three, maybe that gives him an extra four days to game five, if it's even. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That that. I think for that reason, even if he's not quite ready, I think that's a huge game for the Clippers to try to to, to be able to win tomorrow night in order to give Paul George just a little bit extra if he is able to come back. But man, you look at this game; it was a it was a phenomenal offensive performance from Phoenix. Almost sixty percent from the field. Devin Buck, uh, Devin Booker with thirty eight on fourteen of twenty two. You know, if KD doesn't miss all four of his threes, they're going to shoot over 50% from three, 93% from the free throw. I mean, it's one of those games where it's really, really, really hard to win when a team shoots it that well. And that's what Phoenix did. Phoenix did what we we all thought they would. I mean, I said yesterday they'd blow them out. And it's not necessarily blowing them out. I mean, they win by 14, and they pulled away in the fourth quarter. But the folks in the desert had the same feelings we did because it was an eight-point spread, you know. And and same thing with Cleveland. Cleveland did to New York what they had to do. One hundred seven ninety. That game was a blowout. Boston's killing Atlanta. That'll be a short series as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this Phoenix Clippers series, we'll see without Draymond if Golden State has anything uh, for the for the Kings. It's impossible to say that without a, with a straight face. Then tonight, Memphis, Milwaukee in the same position that Phoenix and uh, Cleveland were last night. Down 0-1, game two on your home floor. I don't know. Uh, have you seen for sure about Giannis? I, I thought he was going to play. I think he's going to play, last I heard. That's kind of where I was. Um, on the jaw thing, I guess he was at, he didn't have anything on his hand yesterday but took zero shots with his right hand. It was all left-handed. I would think that's not a good sign for his availability if, he, if he's not even trying to use it. Um, I know they, they, they're calling him a game-time decision. Honestly, I don't know if it matters. L.A. is playing so well, I don't know if it matters if he's out there or not. Obviously, it helps Memphis, but does a does a 75% jaw really help Memphis in this situation? I don't know. Um, latest report as of 22 minutes ago, Giannis is doubtful. Ooh. Uh, jaw is questionable. So we'll see what happens there. That's obviously – a huge storyline across the NBA playoffs tonight with those two superstars uh, ailing from the first game. So uh, both Milwaukee and Memphis losing game one on their home floor. Same situation. Maybe not a total must win. I think it is for Memphis. Maybe not for Milwaukee. Completely must win. But, boy, you sure wouldn't want to go to Miami down 0-2. Nope. When we come back, ESPN's FPI Top 25 and the odds that go with it. Skinny on Sports right here on the Sports Animal. I have an idea of perfection. The perfect swing of the club or bat, the perfect form on the free throw line, that perfectly placed spiral football, 
and especially those perfect grill marks on a high-quality cut of locally sourced prime beef. It takes lots of time to perfect quality, but a quick, simple call or message to Tucker Family Beef can put locally born, raised, fed, and processed beef in your family's freezer so you can practice and perfect those satisfying grill marks. Give Monty Tucker a call at Tucker Family Beef, 580-515-4477. The Skinny on Sports. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? We were watching, he was telling me about last night, Morgan Barron, the uh, forward for Winnipeg. Hockey, yeah. Took a skate to the face. It cut him open. (laughs) 75-plus stitches later, and he's back out there. Meanwhile, Sabonis is still reeling from the... He's still getting x-rays from, on his chest from <laughs> Draymond Patton. I think I'll give it a go, Coach. Uh, I, I may, I I'll may try be. it, Coach. I'll try. <clears throat> Meanwhile, this guy has 75-plus stitches and comes back. I'm not 100% sure I'm not going to throw up after seeing that. <laughs> that. Those are the toughest, toughest athletes. Can you name me a tougher athlete? Can you? I mean, I mean, maybe those guys that literally fight for a living. The UFC guys? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, this guy took... A sharp skate to the face oh, and came back. I'm not doing well, Jared. You I would have said, that's it for my career. <laughs> yeah, much less the game. Yeah. How about no, Scott? Ugh. Anyhow, if you get a chance to, if you get a chance to watch that, I would say don't. And uh, Or if you do, on an empty stomach. Because if you don't like blood and cuts and stuff. I mean, I bleed for a living. <laughs> I have a bleeding disorder. Blood does not bother me. And that one shook me a little bit. I wasn't ready for that. And the thing was, when it happened to him, he, he didn't really react. It was kind of like, something's on my face. Yeah, it didn't, like, and he got he, shot. He's quoting, just, like, he's like, first thing I knew something was wrong, I couldn't see on my right eye because of the blood was coming down. Yeah. And there was a guy next to him, an opposing player for Vegas. He was he wasn't grabbing him like you'd see in hockey where they're trying to mm-hmm. fight. He was grabbing, like, oh, dude, you okay? Yeah, my buddy. Hey, you cut. I can see your brain. <laughs> oh, wow. Hockey's fun. Uh, Edmonton, big game tonight. They went down 0-1 in overtime to the Kings. I hate that that thing starts at 9, though. I can't – I'm just – Yeah, there was a bunch of griping from the Edmonton fans about the officiating after Edmonton got ahead. I wouldn't even know what – And then how lots bad of- officiating would be <clears throat> – it was like seven power plays to three. Oh, wow. That and would do it. also two disallowed goals for Edmonton throughout the course of the game. Edmonton fans. Good thing, good thing Canadians are nice, eh? They haven't been so <laughs> mad since L.A. stole Wayne Gretzky. Ooh. Ooh. Too soon? I mean, that was 1988, that was, wasn't it? That's not too soon. It's been a while. It's been a minute on that one. Ah, playoff hockey, it, it always gets kind of – you know, for our because we have a an NBA team, but it always kind of gets it, pushed it, to the back burner. But man, it's the in a, the the Stanley Cup playoffs are fun, man. If you don't get sucked up in that, you're not a sports fan, dude. It's the best. It and didn't it feel like it was Oklahoma City was kind of always destined for the NHL I back thought, then? Yeah, because the Blazers were so people loved it. People loved the Blazers, and for a minute there, they were in. 
what was the Ford Center when the Blazers, there's a little time there, and me and Allie's, one of our very first dates was at a Blazers hockey game in the Ford Center. Oh, it's so, it was so fun. I missed that. Dallas. It wouldn't work now because there's no way that they, that the Share Thunder, in the arena. Well, I mean. The Oklahoma, well, that, I mean, that, that's not a problem. The problem is small market, two major sports franchises at the same time. I don't think it would work. I think now, I think that if you're going to ask me what the next uh, pro franchise that's going to come to Oklahoma City. Are you going to say baseball? No, it's going to be soccer. Oh, soccer. I think the community. Is that really I'm telling a major you, league sport? Mm-hmm. I think it's going, well. I don't think so, Jared. By the definition it is, but. Whose definition? Scott's? But, well, it says major league soccer, oh, MLS. Yeah. Wow, that's true. And it happens not the same time as basketball and they are building an outdoor event arena center whatever in uh the downtown oklahoma city area i just think it's on its way calling that's not how you get on the air scotty (laughs) it is 10 a.m though yeah it is all right so tonight nba playoffs back at it a couple of must wins for memphis and also for i went blank milwaukee We'll hit that FPI tomorrow. Okay. I keep on I keep on threatening we're going to talk football, and we keep on finding ways not to. But we're going to do it. We're going to do it tomorrow. The FPI, top 25. And not only the ranking of the teams, but I also really enjoy the percentages. Percent chance to win the conference. Percent chance to make the playoff. Percent chance to you know win the national title. I always like how they kind of go through that. There's uh, there's three teams that are kind of on a tier of their own, at least in the the, the mind of this calculation, and probably in the mind of most most college football fans. Although, I think there's one team that always that's I don't know. We'll talk about it tomorrow. I, I just think I think there's another one there that with the the results of the last couple of years, maybe getting slept on just a little bit too much. For my liking. And all the love going to... I mean, it's not like they're way down the list. But I'm just not so sure that the, the right team in the Big Ten is being favored. So. Okay. We'll look at that tomorrow. We'll look at Kuiper and McShay. Mock draft. Got all kinds of things to look at tomorrow. And also... Get you geared up for playoff baseball, softball, all kinds of things. Skinny on Sports coming back at you tomorrow. Thanks to Tucker Family Beef. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back. Goodbye. I have an idea of perfection. The perfect swing of the club or bat the perfect form on the free throw line that perfectly plays spiral football and especially those perfect grill marks on a high quality cut of locally sourced prime beef it takes lots of time to perfect quality but a quick simple call or message to tucker family beef can put locally born raised fed and processed beef in your family's freezer so you can practice and perfect those satisfying grill marks. Give Monty Tucker a call at Tucker Family Beef, 580-515-4477.